Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast. In today's episode, I'll be teaching you the steps I took to make $20,000 in one week, only a month after quitting my last job, the one I was tricked into getting, if you remember, so that you can achieve that too, if that's something that you're looking to do for yourself. Like I said, this is the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast, where we have real conversations about entrepreneurship, the kinds of conversations that other people and other entrepreneurs are too scared to delve into. We get real on Real Talk. So let's dive right into today's topic. Fair warning before we get into it, though, you might hear some things today that go against everything you've been taught, but these are the things that have worked for me and that continue to work for me. And while we're on the topic of things that go against everything you've been taught, I've actually realized that one of the things that separates really successful people from people that aren't as successful is that really successful people think counterintuitively. Think about it. Really successful people invest a lot so that they can make more. I still remember one of the things my coaches told me about how really successful people see money. Really successful people see money as a tool to help them make more money, while people who aren't as successful see money as a tool to pay their bills. Now, while you may be resistant to that idea, here's one thing that I'm sure that you can agree with. Think about when you're starting a new workout routine. First of all, you have to feel weak to get stronger. Personally, for instance, the last time I was in the best shape of my life was in 2019. And then in the middle of a pandemic, I lost it. But I promised myself that this year was going to be the year that I was going to get back on my fitness routine. When I first started out, it was painful. Like, have you tried taking a break from running before? When you come back, running does not recognize you. You have to court running again. My joints were aching, my muscles were aching, but now, again, my body is getting used to it. And I'm loving it again. I'm falling in love with working out again. So to get on a new workout routine, you have to feel weak. To make more money, you have to feel poor at some point. Counterintuitive thinking is at the core of what I'm gonna teach you today. Most successful people hoard these secrets. They don't make it obvious that one of the things that sets them apart from other people is that they don't think like other people. They think counterintuitively. So again, like I said, counterintuitive thinking is at the core of what I'm gonna teach you today. So I encourage you, if you're open-minded, to let go of what you think you know and make room for what you're gonna learn today. Let's get to the steps. So the first thing I wanna give you a fresh perspective on today is the word marketing. And I can almost see you rolling your eyes right now because you think you know what marketing is. But in my opinion, that word has been used and abused over time so it begs redefining to some extent. So from where I come from and from how I see it, marketing is simply a word that's used to describe systems that place you in front of the people who need your help so you can serve your purpose. Marketing is all about bridge building. Marketing is the bridge between you and the people who need you. You're at point A and they're at point B and that bridge in between is your marketing. Simple as that, doesn't have to be more complicated. Now that that's out of the way, Try and imagine where I was after I quit my last job. I hadn't planned on quitting. I just had to leave because every cell in my being was letting me know that it was time to go. And so because I hadn't planned on it, I needed quick results. So the first thing I had to do to get quick results was look at what everyone else was doing and do something else. Dan Kennedy talks about this all the time. He says, look at what everyone else in your space is doing and do something else. And what's the one thing that almost everyone is focusing on right now? Online marketing. Everywhere you go, including this video, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, there's someone red in the face screaming at you through ads, letting you know all that you're doing wrong in your business. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. So you know what I did to make $20,000 in less than a week shortly after I quit my job? I went offline. 
And since the pandemic, people seem to have forgotten the world of possibility that exists in the offline marketing space. But I'm here to remind you that there is a world of opportunity that exists in the offline marketing space. And let's dig a little deeper. The number one thing standing between you and the people who will pay you to help them is trust. People are increasingly suspicious online and you can't blame them. There are a lot of scammers online. So offline marketing is one of the quickest ways to establish the trust between you and your prospects that will get them to release money so that you can help them through your services. So I'm sure I've driven my point home. Instead of online marketing, I went offline. Now the next area in which I had to apply counterintuitive thinking is that the more offers you make, the more money you make. While this is true, when people hear this, usually they think that you have to make more of the same offer. But I'm here to tell you that the worst advice I ever received in business was to focus on one offer. Because sometimes the people who need your help genuinely can't afford your premium offers yet. And ideally you want to give them an opportunity to tap into your offers at whatever stage of affordability they can match. One of the best gifts I've given my business is to create an offer ladder. I have an offer that everyone can tap into at whatever point of affordability. And that allows you to build trust with some people who may not be quite ready financially or mentally to tap into your premium offers and to pay you while you build that trust. The next part is my favorite part. I infuse storytelling into every point of contact with my prospect, whether it was the offline space in which I made initial contact with them, or it was during the pitch I made to them, or it was during the sales conversation. Every step of the way I infuse storytelling. And what is storytelling? Storytelling is a process of forming narratives that grabs people's attention, holds their attention, and offers a payoff. I'm sure you've heard that every good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's why. And storytelling in business is a process of creating narratives around your offer that creates relatability with your audience, inserts conflict, and inspires hope. The beginning part is where you grab their attention and create relatability. They should see themselves in your story, insert emotion, paint a picture, use emotions that affirm the universal nature of the human experience. And here's what I mean. The human experience is ultimately universal. We all feel the same things. We felt love, we felt fear, we felt anxiety. The way that those things show up in our lives individually may be different, but those emotions are the same. And this is where storytelling shines. When you're able to tap into those emotions, you're able to create relatability with your audience. The middle part is where you hold their attention, insert conflict, and get them invested in the story. Imagine if everything was easy for John Wick. I'm not sure if you've seen that movie, so I'll try not to spoil it for you. But it would have been a boring movie if everything was easy for him. And this is where most business owners make a mistake. They would rather only share the highlights of their story instead of sharing the low points as well. But it's the low points of your story that gets your audience the most invested in your story. Now, the last time that I shared this tip live, someone asked me a very good question. They asked, at what point are you sharing too much or traumatizing your audience? And my response to them was, if you haven't healed from a certain low point in your story, then there's no benefit in sharing that with your audience because there's no way to inspire them with that story. So if you're listening to this right now and you have that question as well, only share parts of your story that you've healed from and you can consequently use to inspire your audience when you wrap up the story. Now the end is where you offer and inspire hope. The basic message at the end is if I could do it, you can do it too. Sort of like what I'm doing right now. And the more you make them believe that they can do it too, the more likely they are to buy into whatever it is you're selling. And this leads me to another reason why I love storytelling so much. Effective storytelling demands integrity because you can't tell an effective story about something you don't really know. 
And here's the thing, for some of you who may be thinking right now, oh, I haven't been through enough to teach anybody. Oh, I haven't experienced enough that someone can leverage. Oh, I haven't seen enough that someone can benefit from. At whatever point you are in life, you have something of value that can help someone else. Listen, even a two-year-old has something of value that can help an infant. Like, hey buddy, I've been where you are taking my first steps and I was scared too. Cutest coaching program ever. <laughs> Now the final area where I had to apply intuitive thinking was in my selling process. And I can almost see some of you like shudder right now at the thought of the word selling. And I know why, I get it, I've been there too. It's because we have this image of salespeople as these icky people who will use any manipulative tactic in their books to get us to do their bidding. But here's a definition of selling that made me fall in love with the process. Selling is simply the process of opening up a relationship with someone who needs your help. If you don't sell them, you can't help them. And I don't know about you, but for me, as a service-minded business owner, that changed the game for me. All of a sudden, I was excited to sell to people because I knew that that was the only way that I can serve them at a higher level. Because when people pay, they pay attention. And if you've laid out all the previous steps effectively, and if you've executed all the previous steps I talked about effectively, selling is actually the easy part. For me these days, my sales conversations are just consultations to determine which of the offers on my ladder will best serve the prospect. And what I've found is that because I've created relatability so well, and I've inserted conflicts and got them rooting for me so well, and I've inspired hope so well, by the end of the sales consultation or conversation, they're the ones selling me. In fact, one of my prospects helped me create an offer because after I had a consultation with them, they ended up asking me, what will it take to talk to you for one hour every month? And voila, I had a new offer. And for the sake of all that's good and in the spirit of integrity, if you don't have an offer that can help a prospect, please let them go. Just let them go. So recalling my story about how I made $20,000 in one week, by the time I had my first consultation that week, my first sales conversation, I closed a $15,000 deal. And I still had seven more calls to go. And I closed five out of that seven. So you do the math. Now, if you'd like to learn more about counterintuitive marketing, storytelling, and selling the way I do it, there's a link in the show notes that will show you the next steps. If you like this episode of the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you know when a new episode drops. And please share this episode with someone else who might benefit from it too. Thank you for listening and we'll catch up on the next episode of the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast.